give him praise. All over this sanctuary, lift up your voice and let these raptors ring with praise. I don't know what you came to do, but right in the middle of the week, I came to praise the name of the Lord. Devil, you thought you had me in the middle of the week. I've come to remind you, I know who I am, I know who God is, and I know who you are. Oh, somebody shout and give me a prayer. I will praise you, Lord, I will praise you and lift you up from the rising of the sun. see everybody here tonight. Don't forget all church prayer meeting uh, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. If you are visiting with us, you're welcome to join us in that prayer meeting uh, at 7 p.m. And uh, we look forward to seeing you. We've got several visitors here. Is that Brother Raymond Woodson over there? Man, it's great to see you. All the way from Vancouver, Washington. Good to see you tonight. Bless you. Amen. It's great to see everybody. We do want to uh, mention the men's camp out at Mirror Lake, um, and that is going to be next weekend, Friday and Saturday. And uh, please see Brother Sergeant uh, for details on that. We're going to have a great time. Is Brother Gamboa going to be with us? Okay, okay. It's going to be good. I've made I've made some jokes about Mirror Lake. Um, said I was bringing my bug suit, uh, just make sure you bring some off, because under the cedar trees, uh, there's a few mosquitoes at night, but uh, they're everywhere. They're at my house, and they're at your house, so uh, tell them to bug off. If that doesn't work, just grab a can of off and spray yourself from head to toe in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands and give God praise one more time. He is great and greatly to be praised. My, just a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere in the house of God. So thankful for everything that God is doing. And ladies and gentlemen, he is doing a lot. He is at work all the time, everywhere, everywhere. We're excited to be a part of it. I'd like to uh, direct your attention here tonight. We're just going to do a little bit of teaching here for a few moments tonight. Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. Don't forget on September 1st, I know it's Labor Day, but you will be greatly blessed to be here. Brother Raul Alviar, missionary to Brazil, will be here. And then Brother Rodriguez will be cooking 
um, that immediately after service, we will be having, I don't, did he say street tacos? Brother Rodriguez, are you here? There he is. Oh, I'm, I, I shouldn't have had you explain that. I'm hungry. I have lost my train of thought. I am just, I feel blessed that we have so many good cooks in this church. And uh, hallelujah. It's a wonder I don't wear, weigh 500 pounds as much as, uh, praise God. going to be one of those nights, I've got a feeling. Colossians chapter number three. Once again, to all of our visitors, we're delighted that you are here. And uh, there's a lot of choices that people could make, um, not just about where to go to church, but everywhere. All the time, people are making choices, and we appreciate you being with us here tonight. Colossians chapter number three, and we're going to read a few verses of scripture here, um, and then we're going to pray, and you can be seated, but we're going to start in verse number one, the Apostle Paul writing, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them, but now ye also put off these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. One more time going to verse number two. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. I want to talk to us about setting our affections. Setting our affections. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's pray. And um, let's ask God to be with us in a special measure tonight. Let's lift your voice and pray with us. Father, we love you. We praise you. Thank you for the opportunity to be gathered in your presence amongst your people. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, the things of God. We thank you for all these things. We pray that you speak to every heart. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. God bless you. Before you're seated, shake somebody's hand and give them a big Holy Ghost grin, smile. Even if it's toothy, give them a toothy grin. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.
happy churches are growing churches. If you're visiting with us here tonight, you have come in contact with a group of people that have found something more exhilarating than drugs. And I'm just going to tell you, you take away the Holy Ghost, you take away the name of Jesus, you take away the Word of God, you take away God's favor, this boy right here will be back on drugs. That is my strength. And I sure feel it in this building tonight, and I thank God for it. This particular passage of Scripture is, well, there's a lot of parallels between the book of Ephesians and the book of Colossians. Especially when you get into holy living and some of the admonitions we're not going to do a cross-reference tonight, but even to the casual Bible student, um, even some of the scriptures that we read here and you're hearing here, just a few verses, you probably remember hearing in the book of Ephesians, there are some, some strong parallels there. The reality of it is in the 21st century is that as much as I love, and I've been in love with this for over 34 years, as much as I love the exhilaration, and I really do mean the word exhilaration and exaltation and the redemptive lift that comes with praise and dynamic worship. Um, possible to remove that, you would see that, that there are some factors, biblical factors, that make the shout and the dance and the clap and the lifting of your voice, all of that, it gives it, it, gives it merit. To just, to just have, uh, which we are accused of doing by the outside world, they think it's all spiritual calisthenics and clapping and okay, they, they don't understand it. But if you ever receive what this Bible is talking about, you will, your eyes will be open. I remember being extremely critical of going to a Pentecostal church when I was first invited. The people were lovely. The people, the people were extremely kind. Um, I felt the presence of God there. But I was put off by everything that I saw because I did not have any understanding Amen. And once I obeyed the word of God salvifically, once I obeyed the scriptures to be born again, the Bible says, except a man is born of water and spirit or born again, he cannot see. You cannot perceive. You cannot understand. You cannot mentally comprehend. Seeing is more than an optical observance. It, is, it, also, it also connotes the comprehension of the human mind. You cannot comprehend what this is all about. But when my eyes were open, I absolutely became a party animal. 
you're saying, that doesn't even belong in church. Well, hallelujah. Some of you, before you got saved, you had lampshades on your head and dancing in the middle of the room till 2 a.m. But God has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. And shame on us for giving more to the devil and the kingdom of darkness than we ever gave to reality. Let's clap our hands and give him praise one more time. However, the reality of it is, is, is there, has to be, there has to be some stuff. There has to be some content. There has to be um, some, some meat that's on the bone. And when you talk about some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight, it, it actually gives the reality of, of really what this is all about. And uh, as I've already mentioned, I thank God for the praise and the worship and the exaltation and the exhilaration and, and all of those things. But the bottom line is, great churches are built by teaching. I thank God for preaching. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the preaching of the cross. I'm not ashamed of any of that. However, for people that are here tonight, uh, and we do have some people that are, that are new to this, that are new uh, to reality. Your eyes have been opened. You understand. Your understanding is growing exponentially every single day. The thing that really makes that a reality is what I'm going to talk about here tonight. And everybody say, God bless brother and sister David Bertram. They just walked in. Hallelujah. And we, love, we love these people so much. Hallelujah. And so I want to talk about some things. Um, I want to talk about setting your affections. You know, God gives us the Holy Ghost. He, he fronts that to us. And what I mean by that is, is that simply for repenting of your sins and being baptized in Jesus' name, God moves on the inside of a human life, uh, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. There really, don't, there really doesn't have to be any modifications made. There doesn't have to be any cataclysmic huge changes made. You've already recognize that you're a sinner, you've already recognized, and by the way, I will tell you that repentance is progressive. It is impossible for an individual to repent of everything that you could possibly think of. We can only repent of what we know, because when we first come to God, we don't know what we don't know. You don't know what you don't know. How's that for a, a tongue twister? That's not just a tongue twister, that's a reality. And so when we first come to God, when we are exposed to the gospel, we only repent for what we know. Okay, I said some things, I did some things, I thought some things, and I'm asking God to forgive me in response to the invitation made uh, by the preacher. I, I asked God to forgive me. God immediately forgives. But then I need to be baptized in Jesus' name according to the word of God. And after I'm baptized in Jesus' name, I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
You're not expected to be perfect. I'm not getting many amens right now, but this is absolutely correct, ladies and gentlemen. You're not expected to know everything to do. I'm feeling a little bit of a struggle here because people are coming out of the world and they need clarity. The things that secure people is not necessarily just the jump and the shout, but it's teaching that they can begin to build on fundamental foundational teaching that helps them to spiritually survive and then thrive. Notice with me in verses 1 and 2 in this chapter, the Bible said, if you then being risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Now this this is an ongoing reality and revelation that we are only in part here in this room today. In fact, Brother Anthony back there, would you go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 3? Look at what the Bible says. Like I said, there's a lot of parallel with the book of Ephesians. Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That is a reality. Even though you and I are in this room tonight, you're sitting and I'm standing and we're enjoying the presence of God. The reality of it is, is that we are blessed already in heavenly places. Same chapter. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And then finally, chapter 2 and verse number 6. And has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You said, well, I'm sitting on a pew. That's only part of you that's sitting on a pew. There is a component that is sitting in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. The key is, is what I talked about a little bit on Sunday, is to start altering allowing changes to be made in our lives so that I view my life from God's perspective instead of the perspective on planet Earth in the 21st century. It takes discipline. It takes consecration. It takes dedication. But it's worth it. Let's clap our hands and give God the praise. You are sitting in heavenly places. You could be going through the trial of your life, but as far as God's concerned, continues in Colossians chapter 3 says if ye then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God and as we've already seen from the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 there's a lot more to it than that 
And then verse number two, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And so we need to investigate when it said things above. And that is a direct reference to heaven. As we, are, as we have already mentioned, we are sitting in heavenly places. All I need to do is have a prayer meeting deep enough to transport me there. It's already there. It's already a reality. There are some things that are forever settled in the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter what your landlord says. It doesn't matter what the supervisor on the job says. It doesn't matter what the world says about you. It matters what this says about me. access this heavenly perspective and make it a reality is what I want to talk about tonight. You have to learn to change your appetites. And if you will do this, you will be greatly blessed. Before we talk about that, I want to look back at our text tonight and look at verse number five. This is, this is the affection and the appetite that we had before we were born again, okay? Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Fornication. Hopefully that doesn't need any explanation, but it's basically sexual contact with two people that are not married. Uncleanness, that would include pornography and everything that's associated with that. Inordinate affection, which is unclean behavior, immoral behavior. Evil concupiscence, that is a Old Testament, actually that is a King James word, concupiscence, that basically means lust. And hopefully I don't need to explain to this audience what the word lust means. Evil lust, covetousness, which is idolatry. Now why did I just read those things? If we had the time, we would go to the book of Ephesians and see almost the identical list is mentioned there. It is because those are the appetites and affections of our present world. Ladies and gentlemen, fornication is driving Hollywood. I was uh, just casually looking at an article one time about the Olympics and, and uh, people that were training for the Olympics, and they were making the statement that after each one of those athletes gets done with their particular um, whatever they're whatever they're doing, that it is absolutely a fornication fest among the Olympians, and I was shocked to learn that. But you have to understand that these things are driving this world. If you're struggling with that tonight, there's good news. Greater is He that's in you and me than He that's in the world. God didn't call you out of the world to leave you 
to fight that on your own. God's got more power. You cannot successfully develop the right type of affection if you try to live for God denominationally. This is something that I've talked about ever since I've been here for 25 years is people that, that leave a life of denominational well, pastor, my family is this or this particular denomination. And then they find out that it just doesn't work. They don't have the resource. They don't have the power. They don't have the strength. The only thing that will combat these affections is you have to be born again of the water and of the spirit and have Jesus Christ on the inside of you. Start shedding a bunch of tears. That's the birds and the bees have been happening for a long time. But what that does reveal is, is weakness. That we have not yet controlled our appetites and obtained spiritual affection. Let's lift our hands and ask God to help us. There's a lot of traffic in the church tonight. I don't know where everybody's going. And I want you to take special attention to what we're going to talk about here tonight because God is going to help you. I want to tell you what, we do not have time for unrealistic Pentecostalism. There is an entire generation that's coming in that needs to know, can God really forgive me and set me free? Yes! Yes, God can set you free. Yes, you can live above this. Yes, God can deliver you. But you have to play your part. Come on, let's clap our hands and give God the praise. It is an absolute reality. You're already sitting in heavenly places. We need to get the rest of us there. But when somebody confesses to something or, Pastor, I messed up, that is an indicator that I need help. That's no time to be gossipy. We're not looking for you to mess up. We're looking for you to get the victory. But you have to apply. Listen. If we are risen with Christ, I'm in this to go to heaven. I'm not in this to mess up. I'm in this to see Jesus. I'm in this. My messing up days are over. My messing up on God is over. I'm here to go to heaven. Clap your hands and give God the praise. You have got to get that in your spirit that I've got a made-up mind, and I'm going all the way.
fact of the matter is, when you're a growing church, there's people on all different levels of the continuum of spiritual growth. You have to have a made-up mind. And so I want to talk to us for a few minutes about setting our affections. Affections is your passions. And the 21st century American is a passionate person. Their passions are ignited by what they see. Their passions are ignited by what they hear. Their passions are ignited by social media. And as I've already mentioned, affections are like appetites. And our world is not into patience, and they're not into waiting. They are willing to trade the future for the present. You're looking at an individual before I got saved. I'm like, I got to have it now. I want it when I want it. Whether it's a cigarette or a beer or joints or dope or whatever I want to do, I know how to go get it. I know how to find it. And I know how to go after it. And one of the very first things I realized after I got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost is there is a whole different world that I'm living in now. But I'm packing around the old Rick Mayo. And the old Rick Mayo has to be confronted every day by the new Rick Mayo. I put on the new man. And the new man is saying, no, 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 no. I don't want to go down. I want to go up. I don't want to be depressed. I want the joy of the Lord. I don't want to be afraid. I want to walk in the love of God. You have to make those kind of choices if you're going to go to heaven. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us to set, to configure, to program, if you please, our affections, which means it takes training. It takes repetition. It takes a desire. It takes a hunger. And it takes a made-up mind. Hallelujah. I, I, before I even get started this, I have three points that I want to bring to us, and I'm done tonight, but I want to I say this. I thank God that this church has the revelation that when we come together, we are not here to socialize. I mean, we are. Fellowship is, is a huge component of the apostolic church, but we have already got a made-up mind. I'm here to worship God. I'm here to experience a move of God. I'm here to see somebody else get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm here to watch God heal somebody. I'm here to watch God move. I want to see God do something. Let me tell you why that's so important, because you're going to have a hard sell of trying to keep a hold of people that come in and and have dead church or quiet church or church where there's no activity or interaction. And I'm I'm not just saying the church should be like a racetrack. I don't believe in that either. But I'm telling you, 
that, that you are never going to get somebody to get off drugs. That is an immediate sensation. You have to understand the number one problem in our world today is sexual addiction. And the reason why it's such a big problem is it's the only addiction that already has the drug in you. It's called dopamine. And all it takes is a message. All it takes is an image. And it already initiates and releases that drug. You are never going to keep people off of that addiction without the power of the Holy Ghost. You can stick your head in the sand and act like our world's not having a problem. It's even in Pentecost. But honey, when we come to church around here, there's something greater than dopamine, greater than alcohol. My God, clap your hands and give God the praise. In the 21st century, you cannot accept dead church. You will not have revival. You can't sustain people. People cannot grow. People cannot hang on if it's dead. The people that argue against that and they want to use all these kind of little cliches that are from another generation, that it's not all in the jump and that it's not all in the shout. I'm going to tell you, I already know that. I already know that it's not all that, but I thank God for the shout. I thank God for the exhilaration. I thank God for the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Clap your hands and give him Alcoholic, you can survive in this. Drug addict, you can make it off this. Streetwalker, you can exist in this. Welcome to heavenly places that are in Christ Jesus. Clap your hands and give him praise. We cannot exist on the preferences of another generation that says, I already know this. I've already heard it before. I don't feel like clapping. Sometimes you just clap because you're creating an environment for somebody that's coming out of drugs. Sometimes you just shout because you're the selfishness of a backslidden saint says, I don't care. I don't feel like it. I rebuke your spirit in Jesus' name. My God, there's people all over this world that are looking for this. Shout with a voice of triumph and give him Come on, you're going to make it. There's an environment in Spokane, Washington, that you can come out of it. You can come out of your life of yesterday. You can come out of sin. You can come out of bondage, and you can exist here. And I'm being very respectful. And, and I thank God for people from the previous generation to already get this. But there's some people that say, I don't know if I want a church like this. They're loud. They're noisy. They're always moving. There's people jumping around all the time. Even the pastor runs the aisles. That can't be the pastor. Look at him. He's jumping all around. Ladies and gentlemen, if I used to jump around for the devil, shame on me. I'm sitting here preaching to these brand new ones that God is greater than Super Bowl. God is greater than a rap concert. God is greater. You ought to realize it ain't for me. I'm doing this so they can be saved. I'm going to create an environment. You may be seated. Before God ever populated the garden, he created an environment. 
And before a church will ever have revival, you can talk about reaching your city and reaching your world. It ain't never going to happen until you create an environment that God says, I'm going to bring them in from the west and bring them in from the north and bring them in from the south and bring them in from the east because we are in alignment and we have dominion. Clap your hands. Give him praise. Come on, this is better than YouTube. This is better than social networking. This is better than Facebook. This is better than Instagram. There's a lot of times I do that. Man, I'm 64 years old. I get tired jumping all around. Pastor, listen, I don't have the right number. Well, there's more than you here. There might be a new convert that's coming out of a whole life of just shacking up with people and going to the bar, and there's the, the devil saying, come on, this is dead here tonight, but I got a beer over here. I got a phone number for you. You say, no, 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 no. I'm going to get in the balance and tip it on God's side. That's maturity. That's responsibility. Clap your hands and give him praise. That, that only creates the environment. You may be seated. You're the only two guys standing. You can be seated. That only creates the environment where you can receive instruction. You can't exist on that without instruction. Because the instruction explains how I can live with this when I'm not in church. I can have this when I'm 100 miles from the building and 100 miles from God's people. I want to tell you something. When I was a new convert, I'd sit around and I'd look at that clock and I'd say, 48 hours and I'm going back to church. 24 hours and it's church service. That's because when you walked in the Rock Church in Sacramento, California, Anything was possible. God could deliver over here. God could heal somebody over there. God could deliver a drug addict in that altar. Somebody that you never expected go down in Jesus' name. It's the greatest thing this world's ever seen. Pentecostal become a, a museum piece in denominational history. If you ever remove the exaltation and the exhilaration of deliverance. The very first song, the very first time the word sing, sang, or song is used in the Bible is in the book of Exodus, and it's used by Moses after they have come through. No, I thought it was Miriam with the tambourine. No, 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 no. The leader recognized that God has fulfilled every one of his promises, and God has brought us through. The song of deliverance, and I'm getting ready to teach on this. It's some music and praise deal. But the song of deliverance was not a rap star. It was not Chuck Berry. It was not Elvis Presley. It was not some yodeler out of the 18th century. It was the song of deliverance. The very same song is sang in the book of Revelation. And they sang the song of Moses. God brought us out of great tribulation. And we are robed in white. And we wash our robes in the blood of the Lamb. God... The song of deliverance is the song of revival. 
even with all that, there has to be an ongoing change. And the reason why you were given the Holy Ghost was not so you could speak with other tongues. Because when the Holy Ghost moves into a human life through the conversion process, God will make you holy. The whole purpose for the infilling of the Holy Ghost is not just so you can speak in tongues. It's so that we can be holy as he is holy. to you about three things that will help you. Let's give or see some of our, some of our newcomers are taking notes. My wife can tell you she, she watched me. I took notes of every single, I have a stack of notes that tall from the Rock Church. I haven't looked at them in years, but I still got them. Because every time when you write it down, it does something. It, you register it different. You comprehend it differently. You're able, you're able, it goes into the memory a little different. I remember messages my pastor has long since forgotten. I remember things happening in that church that a lot of people forgot. And it was all good. Number one. Be patient with yourself. I thought he was teaching. Yeah, I am. Be patient with yourself. Just because somebody else goes through a huge growth spurt does not mean that you're going to experience the same growth rate. There's a lot of problems that have been started in Pentecostal churches through the years because somebody will do, which is the most horrible thing a parent can ever do, is to compare two children. And when people get saved, you don't compare two people. You just say, okay, brother so-and-so is doing good over here, and brother so-and-so is, is, is growing over here. The key is, is that you're both growing. Be patient with yourself. See, when you repent of your sin, you're not repenting for the root system of what those are attached to. You're just repenting for the act. But see, God sees you in 3D. And he sees where that root system was attached to. You were, you were abused as a child and you've had a low self-esteem. And people have continued to put you down, so you did things to make you make people think that you were different than what you were. And so God doesn't just forgive you for the acts that you did that was part of that. God is going to deliver you for that whole sequence that is connected to that woundedness. And then God's going to move in and make you whole. But you got to wait on God. It takes time for God to work that deep. There's a lot of people. I remember one guy came coming into our church. He was a character. Uh, he was a character. He said, Pastor, 
if, I don't, if God doesn't bring me a girlfriend by the end of next week, I'm leaving this church. And I said, well, go ahead and pack your bags. You're not going to tell God, i got to have a girlfriend or I'm out of here. You know what's going to happen? You're probably going to be out of there. Because if you're just here to get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you miss the whole point. Now, I know it's not good for man to be alone, but you can't insert your time over God's time. See, what happens is when you insert your time over God's time, you end up choosing somebody that's far below what God would have ever chosen for you. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. If you let God process you, he's going to choose somebody for you that's way up here on the top of your process scale and set away down here before you ever go through the valley of the shadow. Oh, somebody help me out right now. And so life can become hell or life can become heaven. Clap your hands and give God the praise. And so I'm now going to address our eligible bachelors. Hello, Ryan. How you doing? I'm not saying that every time God opens a door that you're not ready. I'm just saying that you don't, you know what I mean. Oh, pastor, I met somebody. Good. Where'd you meet him? I met him on Tinder. You need to get in this altar and throw your phone away. Somebody needs to help me out right now. Be patient with yourself. I'm... There's, there's some people, there's some very sharp people under the sound of my voice that you are already praying for some of these brand new ones, and I thank God for you because you already understand. See, the enemy tries to kill people in their state of vulnerability. If you get some teaching and you get some obedience, you're going to be where the devil can't fight you like that anymore. He can fight you in other ways. But you got to get this appetite thing right. Your this affection thing, and it takes time. When the Holy Ghost began to move among the Gentiles, they only had several requirements. One of them is the forbiddance against fornication. To meets the meats that were strangled, asphyxiated, the eating of blood. There were just a few requirements as the Holy Ghost was moving into the Gentile world out of Judaism, historically Judaism, and the Holy Ghost was moving into the Gentile world. There was just several requirements initially. No idolatry, no fornication, no eating meats where it was strangled. Is that where God's going to lead people? No. In fact, they had a council where they said we shouldn't put any more, any more weight on the Gentiles than what they're receiving right now. This is revolutionizing their world. But when the Apostle Paul came through with the revelation of the Holy Ghost, God was now able to lead them into a deeper revelation of holiness. Be patient with yourself. Get rid of the stuff that you know you need to get rid of. Fornication, 
adultery, pornography, inordinate affection, lying, cheating, cussing. Fill in your own blank. Dude, I didn't, need, I didn't need the pastor to tell me some stuff is wrong. I already knew down in my spirit some of this stuff is wrong. Be patient with yourself. The reason why you're continuing to do some of the things you do, it's a level of bondage that you're, that you're articulating. You're, you're saying it without saying it in words, that you're still in bondage. Let's lift our hands right now. I'm trying to help. We've got new ones here, and I want them to know you're going to make it. I rebuke every lying, accusing spirit that will tell you you're not saved and try to rob your victory from you. He's a liar. He's the father of it. Be patient with yourself. But you got to do what you know to do. When something is preached, something is taught, and the Holy Ghost that's in you, see, the beauty of Holy Ghost Church is that the man of God can bring a word. And God can communicate to this entire congregation on a different frequency. That is, that, is, that is spiritually organic. That is incredible. But that's what makes a Holy Ghost-filled church a different kind of an organism. Is that God is able to take, even as I'm talking here, God is able, you've already been talking about it. You've already been saying it to yourself. God, I need help in this one area. I recognize it's not right. God's not going to throw you in hell for recognizing that and realizing you need deliverance for that. God is waiting for you to cooperate with him so you can work together. God is not going to do it without your cooperation. You're going to have to say, I'm going to the altar. I'm going to go on a day fast. I'm going to shut in with God. God rakes back the covering, and you walk out another notch higher. Somebody help me. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this. There's people under the sound of my voice that have looked at pornography since they were, before they were 10 years old. What are we going to do with people that are coming in out of our world that are raised by lesbians? What are we going to do with people that come into this church that, that, that want truth, that want, that want to be saved, that are transgender? I'm anticipating it. I'm not running away from it. I'm not looking to go back into the pages of, 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 of history and hide somewhere. No, I'm saying God is big enough. God. In fact, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I can't wait to see the revival that God's going to bring to the 21st century. necessary to sustain what God wants to do to this 21st century culture. Be patient with yourself. Okay? You that are taking notes, point A. I have a prayer room. Write it down. B, I have a pew. C, I have an altar. That's all you need. 
all you need to get started in this is the prayer room, the pew, and the altar. Clap your hands and give God the praise. You cannot remove one of those components if you're going to get postured. When I first got saved, I had a folding metal chair. And it just, it just became my chair. Dude, don't try to take my folding metal chair. It was on the aisle so I could run if I wanted to. But bless your heart, I was in the prayer room. The reason why I'm here tonight is because I got, I don't have some kind of cool lineage that just ushered me into this where I didn't really have to face some of the, some of the gravitas of where flesh meets spirit and sin meets blood and, and, and I meet God on a daily basis. No, that, it was the hard aggregate realities of I got to pray, I got to come to church, and I got to get to the altar. It's, it's real basic components of life. I'm gonna, I've got to have a prayer life. I've got to have a place in church. I can't sit at home when we're having church and expect to have the victory and expect to put the devil on the run. Now I want to tell you something. Every chance I get, I give a lot of credit to the church I got saved in. They were people that loved me. They were people that took me under their wing. And Cornerstone, I'm telling you, we're not perfect, but we're getting close. This church loves people. This church is not afraid to witness to people. This church is not afraid to walk with people through the valley of the shadow of death. That's what it takes to build a revival church. You cannot have disconnected Revival in the 21st century. Never going to happen. You've got people that are, you've got, you've got more people that are in contact in social media than has ever existed in the human race. But yet, the highest percentage of loneliness is confessed and professed that's ever happened to the human race. Why? Because all of the relationships are superficial. They're not, they're, they don't have any strength. They don't have any purpose. They don't have, how you doing? Great. Uh, I got a few things I need to talk about. Let's get together. Let's talk about it. That still happens in the church of the living God. That still happens. Confess your fault one to another, praying for one another that you may be healed. Clap your hands and give God the praise. Be patient. Be patient. Be patient. Do what you know to do. Do what you know to do. In Jesus' name. Number two, fall in love with the things of God. We're talking about setting your affections. You know, there's no television program on earth that can compare with a prayer meeting. I mean a real prayer meeting. You know, the guys walk around, hallelujah, praise God. Alone. But when you really get down to business and pray, I mean really get down to business, there is no competition. I love the running. I love the jumping. I love the shouting. Some of you will understand in time what I'm about to say. But I would rather have 
a weeping, pardon me for saying this, a snot-slinging prayer meeting where I sit at the feet of Jesus. That's just me. But when that happens, your affections are starting to change because you're learning that this is where my strength is, this is where my joy is, this is where my peace is, this is where my righteousness is. It takes time. And there are some people I grieve over them because they leave because some of the things I've already articulated, the devil, the devil tries to convince them that getting your appetite met tonight in a dimly lit bar with somebody you just met with an alias is going to be something that is better than a prayer meeting. That is not an indicator that you're on your way to hell initially. That's an indicator that you need to pray through. Shouldn't do this, but we don't have Brother Bertram in service with us very often. But I remember 35 years ago, your dad was my bridge, and I was really tempted to get out of the car and go inside the Tiki Hut bar. I'm just telling you the truth. I could gloss it all over and act like I got a halo, but that'd be a lie too. The devil was telling me, you need to go over to Tiki Hut. And so I called up Brother Paul Bertram. He's now pastoring in San Diego. I said, listen, I'm really being tempted to go to the bar tonight. He said, come on over here. I got over there, and he had the, it, the, the Coke he served me. was It was battery acid that was brown and fizzled. It looked like Coke. It smelled like Coke, but it, I thought, man, this stuff is going off kind of rough. He was a newlywed, couldn't afford a lot. It was that cheap stuff from Pack and Save. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the kind of stuff you put in your battery when nobody's looking. You'll, your battery will live a couple more months. But honey, it was a saint of God saying, no, I know what's in the balance right now. You come on over here. You'll find some love over here. We might even talk about God. We'll talk about anything. But get out of there. Get out of that environment. Don't stay there. Come where there's strength. Come where there's hope. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. Come on over here, old man. Come on over here. Come on over here. And this guy shows up at church with his wife. And he's likely to do it. He's single. Probably doesn't know how to do anything but cook popcorn. If he shows up and it's dinner time, don't tell him to come back later. Say, come on in. You can thank me later because I can tell you're hungry. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some saint calls you up and says, man, I'm struggling. You don't hang up and say, call me back tomorrow. Say, get on over here right now. Yeah. Come on, we'll fix something to eat. We'll pray. We'll play a game. Just get in another environment that recognizes what's going on. People, under the sound of my voice, you've done this all your life. You know exactly what I'm preaching. 
This is how you have revival. You don't have revival where everybody scurries out of church like, like a rat going back to their private home where they can jump on the internet and find more satisfaction than what God wants to do here for three hours on a Sunday. No, you have people that have already set their affections and they understand, I'm going to church. Someone's going to get healed. Someone's going to run the aisles. Someone's going to shout. Someone's going to get baptized. Someone's going to get the Holy Ghost. It's all out war. Clap your hands and give God the praise. I'm telling you, 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 this is how you have revival. You fall in love with the things of God. Don't give up in prayer if you don't feel God after five minutes. I'm blessed. I'm telling you, when I first started praying, it's amazing. I'd get down to pray. I hadn't thought about it all day. Did I turn off the coffee pot? Better, I better quit praying and, and go home and check the coffee pot. That devil's got some great ideas to get you because he knows that once you make contact, he gets a little weaker and you get a little stronger. Every time you connect with God, your affections are shifting. You're aff- Come on, somebody, help me out. I'm not talking about myself, but the preachers that we bring in here are some of the best. Let's go to uh, James chapter 4 and verse number 4, Brother Anthony. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Does that mean that you cannot have any worldly friendships? No, that's not what that is talking about. That is talking about when it comes to an issue of godliness, whether it's godly living, truth, the truth of salvation, anything that's in that Bible. If it comes to drawing a line, you better be on God's side. Somebody tells a, do- a dirty joke and you want to fit in with everybody, you just need to say, no, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on God's side. I don't want to send a mixed signal because I've been witnessing to this guy over here. I'm going to be on, come on, somebody help me out tonight. Somebody gets to talking about some television show or something something that was on the, on the television, and, and you just make sure I'm on God's side. I'm on God's side whether I'm on the job. I'm at God's side whether I'm in the mall. I'm at God's side whether I'm in a restaurant. Wherever I am, I'm on God's side. If it comes to where a choice has got to be made, I'm not laughing at your jokes. I'm not approving of that. I'm not going to ever see that movie. I may not say anything, but I am not going to assent to that. Somebody clap your hands and give God the praise. I am the friend of God. This is how you set your affection. One of those children is really crying back there. I'm sorry, I'm almost done. First John 2.15, Brother Anthony, help me out. 
Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It doesn't mean you can't love hunting, fishing, checkers, Pentecostal shuffleboard, beanbag toss, like Brother Leon is the world champion beanbag toss. You can enjoy that stuff. It doesn't mean you love the world. But when it talks about staying home and watching Super Bowl instead of coming to Sunday service or missing revival meeting because there's a documentary on. Somebody from San Diego help out the pastor. We just need more love. Pastor, I just, I, just, I just need more love. That's an honest, that's an honest deal. I just need more. When you get God, you get love. We're talking about setting your affections. God will help reprogram your appetites. If you listen to this tonight, write these things down and do them. Love the things of God. Number three, and this is my last one. Love what God loves and hate what God hates. I remember when I first got saved, I was a nervous wreck. I made people, you know, my conscience was so tender. I'd walk up to people and I'd just say, did I offend you? Probably, some of you probably think I should do that now. No, I'm right where I need to be right now. <laughs> See, your, your, your conscience, once it becomes pure, it has to become educated through wisdom and knowledge and understanding and the Word of God and walking in the Holy Ghost. But learning to love what God loves and learning to hate what God hates. You know, whew, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. When the prodigal son came back, and I'm, I'm closing with this. When the prodigal son left the father's house and he came back, one of the struggles that he had is he had to deprogram his mind from the riotous living that he had been exposed to and the living with harlots. And he had to train himself all over again to appreciate the things of Father's house, and the food of his table, and the rules and the discipline and the expectations. Even if you're a backslider, you can come back to the place. Because the very first thing that the Father did to help the son out is he put a robe on him, put authority on his finger, put shoes on his feet, and addressed his appetite. Slay the fatted calf. He was already helping the son be reprogrammed that the answer is not adultery in a pit, fornication in a pig puddle 
life of harlotry and partying. But it's back here at the Father's house with proper appetites, desires, affections. In Jesus' name. Let's lift our hands right now and ask God to help us. Setting your affections. God's going to help you. You've got the Holy Ghost. Tonight, there's incremental adjustments being made. Just by virtue of the fact that we are in the presence of God. and We've been recipients of the Word of God. That part of us that's in heavenly places is, is starting to make adjustments and it's being transmitted into our spirits here in earth. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let's stand to our feet. And once again, let's lift our hands and give God all the praise. Regardless of where you are on the continuum of growth, God is going to help you set your affections, reprogram your appetites so that you can be a success in the kingdom of God. This altar is open. Maybe there's somebody that wants to just come find a place of prayer. Talk to God a little bit. God is your friend. God is your friend. Come on, Cornerstone, help us pray with these tonight in Jesus' name. God's not about to give up on you. No way. Not even close. Come on, let's come and find a place to pray tonight.